with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And what you see out there is what you get for the rest of the day, apparently. Sunny skies, but it's not most of the day in Prince George. Pretty much. You're going to... But, uh, no, it's uh, after nine. Alan Wishart in the host chair, Steve on the board, as usual. And my first guest is somebody who... I wasn't sure if I should say I've had the pleasure of speaking with... Yes, I will say I've had the pleasure of speaking with before. Lie to me, Al. Mike McGuire. And you're sort of double-dipping on this show. Yes. We're talking about you performing... And about you writing a little bit later, and they do come together. Triple dipping, as a matter of fact. Oh. Yes, they want me to uh, get a booth to sell my uh, the sauce that I make. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now this is all going down at Rooftop Rock, the flatbed edition. Yes. Now, when Rooftop Rock was originally announced, I think that was, I want to say May of last year, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Were you on the schedule at that point? I was, yep. So you were going to be standing up high on the roof of the CN Center. Yes, the perfect the perfect venue for comedy. Yeah. Not. No, right out in the open where everybody can see you and make a target. That's right. Well, and not only, well, yeah, yeah, but you can't throw tomatoes that far. Uh, there was one thing. But, you would be surprised. Oh. You have a you have a trebuchet or something that you were going to bring along. I'm just, I, I, I'm not saying I'm speaking from personal experience, but uh, it's amazing how far a tomato can be thrown. <laughs> Childhood days, yes. huh? you scamp. <laughs> but now you guys are going to be down on flatbeds. So I'm told, yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing, if nothing else, I think for the musical performance, and also obviously for you, being that much closer to the audience is obviously a great thing. You know, I. I I like to think that that for comedy you need you need someone like how far we're apart we mm-hmm. are. You want your audience right there for that immediate reaction, and and this will be definitely much better than performing to people in vehicles a <laughs> hundred yards away. Yeah, and you can't hear them laugh. No. Hopefully that they're laughing. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was not, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Mike, you're making a bit of an assumption there, but no, uh, I've heard. I'll tell you what, I'll lob a couple up, and you can hit them out of the park. <laughs> okay. Now, they'll be easy ones. The one thing you've had the advantage of to some extent is during the pandemic, you were able to keep your comedy routines going with the events that you got to you and um, Cody Malbuff. Cody Malbuff did in garden parties. Yeah, the Wheelie Funny Garden Parties. We yeah. hosted, well, we, we attended 27 of them last year and we raised for the Wheeling Warriors over $8,000. Wow. Yeah, that was fantastic. We had a great time. And in reality, we were probably the only two comics working in Prince George. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Had a good yeah. time. Yeah. And we're doing it again this year. Oh, Yeah, good. we've, uh, oh goodness, we've probably done eight already. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I should be clear, Cody uh, Cody and I are members of the Wheel and Warriors, but we've also yes. had people come out and help us. Other comics like uh, Hei Feng Zhou mm-hmm. and Devin Flynn and Virginia O'Dyne have always helped. Oh. And last year, um, Alex McKenzie help wow yeah no so really it's a, a community mm. effort when it comes to the garden parties but now obviously you're not going to be doing a garden party on august the 7th you know what the amazing thing about the garden party is it's a 45 minute show mm-hmm. we've done three in one night Ooh. like i'm performing wow. i should find out when i'm performing let me have a look here i think 2 30 4 30 i'm performing at 4 30 and um I could leave there and go do two garden, two or three garden parties that night if people booked us. Yeah. 
It's fantastic. But that would mean you'd be missing out on the Chris Goodwin band at Studio 720. Oh, and you know, I, I don't want to because those are two fantastic bands. Like, yeah. Like incredible. And Chris Goodwin's uh, Barefoot Friday or something as well, isn't he? I don't know. I hadn't heard, yeah. I hadn't even heard anything about that one, but. Yeah, I, but, he's, I, I saw him at Summerfest um, two weeks ago. Mm, really yeah. fantastic oh, musician. Yeah. Apparently he's a teacher, so he's got all summer to play and practice. And that's yeah, really cool. I was down at that first, because that was the first of the Summerfests. Yes, yeah, there's three weeks of them. Four weeks altogether. We're Four. through three. And the fourth one is this Saturday. This is why they're called Summerfest Saturdays. And it's Bikes Downtown. Bikes? Bikes. Get out of here. They're going to have a special place by Psychologic. We're talking bicycles, or are we talking... Bicycles. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Get your exercise. Come down. You know, Use up some calories to come down here. Then go to the food vendors and stock up on stuff to replace the calories. And that's how we segue into the Wheeling Warriors of the North. Yes. You're good. Thank this you. This isn't your first rodeo, is it? No. Oh, is there a rodeo involved with this thing? It's a bike rodeo. Oh, okay. <laughs> But no, Rooftop Rock, it's a free event. Yes. But it's by donation, and all the donations go to the Wheeling Warriors of the North. Yes, yes, which I'm a proud, proud member. Yeah. Now, how many years have you, how many years will this be that you've ridden? Uh, this would be my third year riding. Mm -hmm. I've been involved for about five years. Yeah. I started out doing some a comedy fundraiser for my buddy Corey mm -hmm. Bolin, and then did one for uh, for some other members. Mm-hmm. And then they said, yeah, you should join the Wheeling Warriors. And I said, yeah. what is it? And they said, it's a 225-kilometer bike ride. And I said, I can do that. I was thinking I'd borrow somebody's Goldwing or Harley. And uh, no, it's a bicycle, <laughs> yeah. as it turns out. <laughs> but by then, you had already said yes. Committed, yeah. So, yeah. Right. And you were thinking at that point, I should be committed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you've done the ride a couple of times, obviously. I, and you're done, still here. Yeah, I, I have. I done, I've done the ride once. Once. Because uh, okay. the first ride and then the second time um, it, it was canceled. Mm. So we, we just fundraised. Awesome. Yes. And, uh, and we, the last year, we between Cody and I, like I say, over $8,000. Wow. Yeah. And now this year, it's a ride again. But different location and even a different name. It's no longer the Ride for the Cure down south. It's Tour de Cure. Yes. And it's up It's up right in the it's Prince a, George area. Everybody is going to be doing their individual mm -hmm. ride no matter where you are in the province. And in, in the Wheeling Warriors case, it's going to be a uh, either a 50, a 100, or a 160-kilometer bike ride yeah. around Prince George, which, unfortunately, I can't participate in. Oh. I'll be, I'll be in Winnipeg. And so, but I'm taking my bike, and mm -hmm. uh, that morning I'm going to go out and crack off uh, 100 kilometers. Wow. Yeah. That is dedication. Dedication, stupidity, tomato, tomato, right? Let's stick with dedication. <laughs> yeah. It sounds better. <laughs> it does, yes. So have you have you at this point, because that's, that's coming up fairly soon too, isn't it? August I think it's 28. the end of August. Yeah, yeah. 28th, I believe. So have you started to sort of take a look at maps of Winnipeg's, or have you cycled in Winnipeg before so you've got a bit of an idea for what the road's <laughs> going to be? I have a plan, and this is oh a good Lord, plan. Oh, Lord, he has a plan. Okay, here it is. So there's essentially four directions, because Winnipeg is, you know, if you look at a map of Manitoba, it's basically a piece of graph paper, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay, so um, de depending on which way the wind is blowing, <laughs> I'm going to go 100 kilometers in that direction. <laughs> See? Pretty I hope you've huh? arranged with somebody to get a ride back. Oh. 
Okay, yeah. And um, the other thing with Winnipeg and Manitoba and the prairies in general, the wind changes real fast. Oh, okay. Thanks for the heads up. If it knows that you figure on going 100 kilometers west, the Karma. wind's going to wait until you've gone 20 kilometers and then it's going to swirl around 180 degrees and say, let's see you do the rest of the 80 kilometers now. Yeah, good point. Well, yeah. uh, best laid plans of mice and men, right? And Maguire's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but have you started to even take a look at a map of the area to sort of figure out what 100 kilometers would look like? Um, no, but uh, I, Portage La Prairie is about 100 kilometers okay. from Winnipeg, and it's west of Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, wind normally comes out of the west. Yes. And so if I'm in Portage La Prairie, then I'll just bike to Winnipeg. Okay. Uh, yeah. On Highway 1, I suspect, which is I believe wide so. with shoulders and yeah. all that sort of thing. Yeah. And if not, there's probably a service road that's paved like five probably miles south or yeah. five miles north. Yeah. That's the plan. No, um, I know uh, Portage La Prairie reasonably well. From years ago, we had family who lived there. Oh. And we had family who lived in Winnipeg. So when we came out to Manitoba every second year... We spent a fair t- bit of time shuttling back and forth. Yeah. And you could see each other's house from there. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite like Prince George. No. 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 And I guess the other nice thing about doing the ride in Manitoba is you can probably just set one gear and forget it. Yeah, no hills. No hills. No hills. No valleys that, that you've got to sort of gear down a little bit on. To yeah. Different from Alberta because in Alberta, like you find a river, it's been dug deep and mm-hmm. it's like 100 meters below the level of the regular terrain. So mm-hmm. you go down and then up, kind of like Prince George. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Manitoba, not uh, a lot of hills, pretty much, yeah. Just got to dodge a gopher holes. Yeah. But, uh, now... Rooftop Rock, the comedy that you're going to be putting on. Yes. Is it going to be fairly topical comedy for the most part? Have you got some new stuff you're working in? Um, yeah, I've, I've developed a lot of uh, uh, a couple different jokes regard around you know current events and mm-hmm. uh, and Wheelin Warriors. I talked mm. about that a little bit, yeah. and um, and then COVID. Of course, you can't escape no. the fact that we've been gone going through this for the last eighteen months, and yeah. uh, you, you don't have to address it. But you know, there's a lot of funny stuff about it. So mm. yeah, we'll play with it. Yeah, and the, the good news I was just looking at because it it's August the seventh over at Exhibition Park, and that means that's exactly one month before, with any luck, we go into Phase Four. September the seventh, I believe, is the date. For yes. going to phase four, right? Yeah. The Labor Day. So. That's right. And I, I don't, like, phase three is pretty open. Phase like, three is pretty open. I think the main thing, because I, I actually, I looked at when I was going, okay, well, that looks the same. That looks the same. The biggest thing I could find was how many people were allowed at indoor and outdoor, especially like entertainment events. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I think it's your, it's Five. 50 or 50% of, yeah. of capacity. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I'm really upset with the government is they haven't had a specific, um, address, specifically addressed uh, karaoke. I'm mm. kind of hurt by that. I think yeah. they should have had a special category for karaoke. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> okay. <Sorry. laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, Carry on. Yeah. 
Next question. I, h- how am I supposed to carry on after that? <laughs> I will try, however, because I soldier on, my friend. Soldier on. Yes. <laughs> the performers who you're going to be with at Rooftop Rock, like you're following a group called Friends of Jimmy, or leading into the Chris Goodwin Band. Do you? Would you? For instance, right near the end of your show, ever say anything about, say, the Chris Goodwin band? Obviously not insulting them or anything, but just, you know, even just make a couple of jokes about some of the songs they do? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know the songs they do, and mm-hmm. I suspect them. I'm, I'm assuming Kyle's going to be emceeing this because he's a fantastic Probably, MC. Yes. So I'll just say, hey, thanks a lot. Donate, 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 yeah. Wheel and Warriors. Rah, rah, rah. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like we, we've had it tough in the last two years. Uh, <clears throat> Wheeler Warriors normally has a gala that raises close to $100,000. <clears throat> we couldn't do it last year. And if it is, if it does happen this year, and you should check with our fantastic Captain Karen. Yes. Um, it'll probably happen later in the year. So yeah. this, any, any uh, funds we raise from this will be uh, definitely helpful. Yeah. Now... During the time of COVID, have you been still working on your bike though? Like, did you? Oh yeah, good. Yeah, so. I was. I went on a thirty-five kilometer bike ride last night. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, yeah, hmm. I uh, went up up uh, ninety-seven south across Boundary down to uh, down uh, sixteen east and through the downtown. Yeah, thirty-four and a half kilometers. Wow. And now I think the Wheel and Warriors themselves have started doing. A few more group rides now as well, yeah, because they're betcha. allowed to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We we always did um, did rides even last summer, mm-hmm. um, but they were smaller and they yeah. were spaced out and yeah, yeah and, and no socializing afterwards. It, it no. was really different. And, and as a team, um, we, I think we broke up into little groups to keep social, but yeah. uh, not like previous years. And it's it's getting back. I, apparently, thirteen people rode. On Saturday, and there's another ride coming up this Saturday, which you unfortunately will not be able to take part in, probably, because I'll be at the farmers market selling suspicious Cyclops hot sauce. <laughs> you yes. were wondering if I was going to get that in there, weren't you? I I knew for sure you were going to get it in. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I could figure out a nice, easy way to set you up for I, an easy overhead slam. That. But, yeah, no, that was hey, good. That was good. But, uh, no, so you're at the farmer's market this weekend, and this weekend, are you, do you ever do any entertaining at the farmer's market? Because I know they usually got entertainment, especially, not so much at the farmer's market, I guess, right now, as at the uh, Summerfest Saturdays. Yeah, um, well, I was supposed to perform, I was supposed to do a half-hour set on the stairs of the Wilson Square Farmer's Market, and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was raining, oh, so we didn't. But uh, we, we've talked about doing it again, and, and I might even I might even do it this Saturday. Oh, okay. So that would be fun. I'm just so. checking my schedule right now. What's going on? So take a break from selling the sauce. To do you mean suspicious Cyclops hot sauce? Yes. <laughs> to uh, hit the stage for a while. Yeah, yeah, for a half hour. Yeah, and then. Um, it's the Saturday after that, so just to let people know, this is the long weekend coming up. Yes. This is not the weekend for Rooftop Rock, the flatbed edition. That I'm is still, correct. I still love that, the, the combination of the two pictures in your mind of Rooftop Rock, 
the flatbed flat edition. edition. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he was. Uh, I mean, Kyle's a great marketer, and yeah. he, everybody remembers Rooftop Rock, and we're so disappointed when yeah. it was canceled. So uh, yeah, keep uh, keep pushing that. Yeah. Okay, and that of course coming up August the seventh. August seventh. And you're taking part in that. You are on with your comedy show at four thirty. Yes. A pro- let's just say approximately knowing the it's way fluid. these shows you run. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you will be selling your suspicious Cyclops hot sauce there as well. And then three weeks later, hitting the road for the tour to cure, cure with the rest of the Wheeling Warriors. Yes, fantastic team. Oh, really. yeah. Great. I've made some amazing friends uh, doing that. And you actually, you've had friends of mine. Uh, Sandra Cardenas, you had over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's a great friend. I had her on. Wonderful. I've had Ron Gallo on a number of times. Karen, of course. Yeah. Ron is, of course, leading the, uh, the the training rides. Gee, what a surprise. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. <laughs> I know. And, uh, yeah. like, th- there's, not a, there's not a team member that I don't really no. admire for what they do for yeah. this community. I'm surprised that Ron's leading the team rides because he's <laughs> such a quiet individual. You wouldn't really think of him as being the guy who would take the lead. Well, he'd definitely Bikes be in the lead. He's a, he's a much faster biker than oh, I am. Yeah. It's kind of like I, he, he might take the lead, I, but I bring up the rear. Okay, you're the guy who makes sure nobody else falls behind. Exactly. That's, yeah. a, that's the spirit. That's Takes the spirit. one for the team. Mike McGuire, as always, thanks very much for coming in. Thank and you. Look forward to seeing you. Rooftop Rock, a week from Saturday. Fun, fun. Take a break. Be back with more after 9. Hi, I'm Timmy, the host of the daily feature, the Onstage Spotlight, your way of keeping informed about performers and performances happening throughout the Prince George area. I'll be highlighting artists from all musical genres, both local and from around the world. I'll be featuring not only their music, but concert details and interesting insights into the music industry. So join me weekdays at 8.30, 11.30, and 3.30, Saturdays at 9.30 and 12.30, and Sundays at 12.30. That's the Onstage Spotlight, only on CFIS FM 93.1. Norton Health Connections is back to standard passenger eligibility for the medical bus travel service. Norton Health Connections is available to those traveling for non-urgent medical procedures, discharges, medically necessary companions, and seniors. Some pandemic safety measures are still in place, including 24-hour advanced booking, assigned seating, COVID screening and cleaning, and passenger partitions. Bookings and full details are available at nhconnections.ca or by calling one 646 Staying hydrated during hot weather is important, especially during extreme heat. The healthiest way to stay hydrated is by making water your drink of choice. While other beverages can be loaded with calories, sodium, sugars, or saturated fats, straight water is the natural alternative to quench your thirst and rehydrate. Looking for a little flavor? Add a mix of fruit and herbs. More information on hydrating with healthy drink options is available through the Canada Food Guide at Canada.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunny today, wind from the southwest at 20 this afternoon. A high of 23 with a very high UV index. Clears a night with a low of 8. For Wednesday, mainly sunny. A high of 25 with a very high UV index. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And joined now by Dr. Darian Golden-Stahl from up at UNBC. And Dr. Stahl, you are looking at creating artist books for people with illnesses. How did this come about? Because it sounds like a very interesting concept, but it doesn't sound like something a lot of people would think of right away. Yes, that's right. Uh, Thank you for having me, Alan. Uh, Artist books. 
Right. So I might have to define what yes. that medium is. Um, it is a up-and-coming medium. Um, it was first developed just recently in the 1970s, but it's this a fine art medium kind of between narrative and fine art. So it's a piece of artwork that takes on the shape of a book. And that's a little bit different than maybe uh, a photo book where you're just kind of collecting and reprinting photographs mm -hmm. of artwork. This is really a piece of fine art in itself. And what is quite extraordinary about it is that it can incorporate so many different kinds of media like collage, painting, drawing, printmaking, as well as text. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about creating um, a narrative and reprinting someone's story, this becomes a really vital medium to combine text and image together. So depending on who the person is who's creating it, it could turn out to be more like a diary with some pictures or a picture book with a little bit of diary. Or a sculpture. I mean, oh. It is really quite a vast, uh, vast medium. And that's why I really love working with it when I'm working with patients or mm -hmm. disability communities because everyone's story is very different. Their ways of communicating are very different. And they're able to use this wide variety of medium into this one artist book form in order to communicate their particular experience with illness or disability. Now, if they are doing it as a sculpture, how does that incorporate into the book? Is, mm -hmm. it, is it sort of separate or is it like you take a picture of the sculpture, which seems to lose some of the idea of the three dimensions? Oh, it's, it's really quite fascinating and innovative what some artists are doing. Uh, for example, a person who maybe has uh, a burn on their body, they might craft a book and then light some of the pages on fire in order to scorch those pages. So you're starting to see how even beyond text or image, just the texture or treatment of the pages can communicate mm -hmm. someone's experiences. And now... Who is creating these books? Like, is there any particular area of people with illnesses or injuries who are creating these? Are there some people who maybe can't create them for whatever reason? You know, that's uh, a great question. It is a niche medium currently. Mm. I had to travel to the UK in order to find the biggest collection of artist books on topics of illness and disability and other issues of bodily concern. And while I was there, I really saw a breadth of people, people with mental illnesses, people with cancer, uh, people who had had traumatic injury, really a wide breadth of people were capitalizing on this medium to express their stories. And what is I think very important about this medium is that it can then be additions to more than one mm -hmm. and then kept within an archive for other people to learn from. A lot of libraries and particularly academic libraries are starting to collect these artist books because they're so different mm -hmm. than your typical published illness memoir. Uh, they are a piece of fine art and there's some things that can only be communicated by touching the story. Now, 
when when someone decides or when their doctor or someone suggests that it might be a good idea to create an artist book, do most of them get a little bit of direction at least to start with from the doctor in terms of what kind of stuff they should be looking at putting into the book or is it totally a free hand from the word go? You know, I would say that this is a much more grassroots endeavor. Mm. Uh, it's more so initiated by patient groups mm. or artist communities who are maybe already kind of familiar with artist books, and then something happens in their lives where they want to express this patient experience, going to the hospital, their lived experiences of illness in this medium, and then bring it to their doctor and have them sit down with them in the clinical examination room, this is really happening, Mm -hmm. and say, look, it's really hard for me to tell you exactly what's happening in my body, but if you sit next to me and let me share with you my artist book, I think you will know much more about my experiences that way. And together, we can come up with a treatment plan that is really going to be the most beneficial for what I see in my life. So in most cases, then, it sounds like the artist books are not being used by the doctor or the patient to diagnose the condition, but to possibly come up with a better prognosis for treatment. And that's exactly right. So that's what my project is hoping to start um, with my postdoc here at UNBC. I am interested in equipping and empowering a diverse group of patients of different disability communities to create these artist books that can then be used as teaching material within medical schools. Now, do the artist books need to be related directly to things that the patient is suffering right now or let me come at it another way have you heard of people in prince george and the region who have been creating these artist books since the beginning of covid even if they didn't get covid but just creating the book to talk to give themselves that extra voice if you will in terms of how they dealt with covid I imagine a lot of the artist books that I will help uh, initiate mm-hmm. for this program will grapple with the fallout of COVID-19. I think that that is going to be a very um, topical uh, subject that is going to really affect so many different mm-hmm. people in a, in a variety of ways. I'm expecting a lot of people to kind of choose that subject, but I'm not being prescriptive at all in what people would like to make their artworks about. It's really quite open to whatever is pulling them. Um, Maybe it's even what's happened to a family member or a friend, not necessarily a personal experience, but a health care, a health giver, or um, the experiences of watching a loved one go through this experience as well. Okay, Dr. Stahl, when you take a quick break, when you come back, I'd like to talk some more with you about this project after nine. Over the past month, contracted crews working for the city of Prince George have been busy painting road symbols and markings on streets throughout the city. Every year, crews paint all of the city's road lines, while more than 900 symbols are painted each year in a three-year cycle. Most road line painting is expected to be completed by the end of this month, depending on weather, while crews must wait for the completion of scheduled road paving projects to finalize line and traffic symbol marking in project areas. More information is available on the city's website, 
princegeorge.ca. Downtown Prince George has partnered with the City of Prince George, the RCMP, Victory Paint, and Groundwork PG to tackle the city's graffiti problem. The Downtown Prince George Graffiti Free Program is part of the Clean and Safe Program efforts and is available free to all downtown property owners and tenants. To request a graffiti-free service, call 311 or email 311 at princegeorge.ca. More information on this and other Downtown Prince George programs can be found at downtownpg.com slash business. Ron Brent Park is now open. The park is located between the Connaught Youth Center and River Bend Seniors Manor. Accessible paved trails with lighting, horseshoe pits, seniors fitness equipment, and a large garden make it an attractive local park for seniors. Landscaping includes an irrigated lawn, trees, and site furnishings, and easy access is available from paved parking at the Connaught Youth Center. It's the latest addition to the city's spectacular park system. Ron Brent Park is now open behind the Connaught Youth Center. As Canadians stay home and shop more online, there's been a rise in non-delivery scams. Scammers advertise high-demand items such as pets, personal protective equipment, and more for a low price but never deliver. Some warning signs to watch out for include prices well below market value, text or spelling errors, or free items that require a fee to deliver. If you've been a victim of fraud or cybercrime, please contact your local police station. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, chatting with Dr. Derry and Golden Stahl. And Dr. Stahl, with the artist books, I think you would say it's been around for a while. Had you had any real involvement with it? Or was there something that got you specifically personally involved with artist, artistic books? Mm-hmm. My experience with artist books began during my master's program in 2012, and it was then uh, that my sister was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm. And I lacked the words. I, I felt this so intensely, but at the same time, I was unable to kind of directly express the empathy and the worry that I had over my sister's diagnosis and her future. So I began to make artwork about the symptoms that she was experiencing and then gifting these artworks to her. And it was then that she said, oh, wow, you know, I have been writing about my experiences. Maybe there's a way that you can incorporate my narratives of living with multiple sclerosis with these artworks. And I said, well, yes, uh, there is this artist book. So that's when I began to make artist books that incorporated my sister's illness narratives and prints of her MRI scans and then additioning them into this small artist book. So then, is an artist book ever finished? Is it better finished? Is it ever finished? Oh, ever finished. <laughs> uh, I think so. Once, mm-hmm. once you sew it up, you know, mm-hmm. it does have this end form. And what is so, uh, what I really love about having this object, this book object, is that it is archival. It can be shipped to a different location across the world quite easily. Books are known as this mobile medium. Mm -hmm. And then another person in a very faraway place 
can pick up this book and hold it close to their body and sense it and smell it and spend time turning the pages. And it's remarkable how close you feel to the person who made that book. There is a definite handcrafted quality, lovingly devoted to each page hand bound into this form just for you mm-hmm. to experience and learn about that person's story and their diagnosis and their life with illness and it and it feels like you're next to that person even if you've never met them even if they're very far away from you this feeling of connectedness really fosters a sense of empathy for the person who is ill now, obviously, you've had a fair bit of experience with the artist books. Have you found a couple, let's say, were done by people who had the same illness and been able to sort of compare and contrast the books themselves? Mm, you know, I haven't come across too many artist books about multiple sclerosis, a mm. couple. Uh, but what I can say is that when I've created these workshops where I've taught people how to create artist books based on a, mm-hmm. an illness that they're feeling, they'll create the book and then hand it to somebody else in the same workshop to to read and to present it to the, the rest of the participants. And it is incredible how well the person who reads it is able to connect with the story. Mm-hmm. I think because of its abstracted nature, you know, the person who is reading it is able to interpret it for themselves, what they are seeing in it. And often, you know, your own experiences you see reflected in the page, even if the author artist didn't necessarily um, mean that to happen. It's just the power of art at that point. You know, you put in your own interpretation of the artist book, and then that, I think, really deepens the connection that you feel not just with this object, but with the person who created it as well. So I think there's always room to see yourself reflected in the artist book. When when you do the workshops, do you have people sometimes come to them who have already on their own started to create something like an artist book maybe they didn't know it was an artist book when they were doing it but you're looking at it and you're saying yeah that is an artist book that you're working on already just keep going that hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's a, it's such a niche and up-and-coming mm-hmm. medium. Uh, not too many people have heard of it so far, but I will say that a lot of participants have come in with artistic materials mm. that they are very easily able to input into an artist book. Mm. For example, I had a woman come in who was making these collages and then printing them onto fabric. And then she sewed the fabric onto the pages of her artist book, and she was so happy that this kind of amorphous fabric suddenly had a structure, and then it became the solid object that another person could hold and experience rather than kind of just tacking it up onto a wall or keeping it behind a frame. It's so much more of a personal experience if you're able to hold the fine art object. You know, with the books, as they're nearing completion, I'm thinking this is not the sort of thing that you just send to a book bindery and get it done, is it? This is something where the all of those steps have to be done individually as well. That's right. So with my workshops, I teach people how to start to finish. And mm. it might begin with an exploration of 
of how a symptom feels within your body and how to translate that into visuals. So mm-hmm. what does the numbness of your feet, what color is that? And we'll go through these different translating um, practices, trying to kind of bring out the experience of someone's internal body onto an external page of a book. And it's really incredible how you think that, oh, no one is ever going to know what this is about. Uh, That's too abstract. But it is incredible how often people totally understand exactly what you're going for. I think there's just this common vocabulary just bubbling under the surface of language where a color means something, a texture means something. And when you put them all together into this object, it really becomes a representation of your illness and your experiences that can then be shared and experienced with another person. So it's that's the beginning, the inception, the translation, all the way through the craft, and then finally binding, sewing those pages together into the final book form. I'm able to teach people how to do that from beginning to end without any kind of prior artistic experience. Wow. So if people want to get involved in these sorts of workshops, are are you doing them on a sort of an ongoing basis or is it you do one every couple of months or how, how are you handling that right now? Right now, I am imagining a hybrid process. Uh, so there will be kind of week or two week long artist book intensive mm-hmm. workshops mm-hmm. that will be in Prince George. And I'm also imagining online workshops as well, where maybe I'm mailing kind of these bookmaking kits to mm-hmm. people to participate from their own homes because I want this to be as accessible as possible. And just, you know, living within this COVID 19 reality. Uh, or if people are living in very remote areas who might not be able to travel to Prince George, I want to make sure that they're included as well. So hybrid between in-person, mm-hmm. week-long intensives, I think beginning in October, mm-hmm. and then um, more spaced-out online workshops as well. Okay. If somebody wants to get involved, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, I am currently recruiting <laughs> participants. Uh, people who are interested in learning more can visit my website, dariangoldenstall.com, and click on the workshops link there. We'll have a lot more information, examples of artist books from prior participants and further reading. And we're looking for kind of building up this recruitment base of people who are interested, <laughs> want to learn more. I'm also looking to partner with health organizations. So if you are working in a clinic or hospital and are thinking about having an arts outreach program, please contact me. I would love to talk with you. Okay. I just want to make sure I think I've got the spelling D-A-R-I-A-N-G-O-L-D-I-N-S-T-A-H-L.com. That's it. Perfect. Dr. Stahl, thank you very much for taking the time. An incredibly fascinating thing. I think we'll be talking to you sometime later as well. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Alan. Okay, take another break and be back with more after 9. What does aging and living well mean to you? Share your perspectives about what aging and living well looks like and could look like for two SLGBTQI communities in Canada and how communities could be better supported. Everyone who's 65 or older identifies as two SLGBTQI and is willing to participate in a telephone or video interview is invited to participate in the National Senior Study. For more information or to take part, click through the National Senior Study link under eGale in Action at eGale. Canada is one of the most connected countries in the world. 
With more of our daily activities occurring online, we increasingly have to create and remember new passwords. In order to prevent fraud and data breaches, be sure to create strong passwords. Use a minimum of eight characters, including upper and lowercase letters, and at least one number and a symbol. Create unique passwords for every online account. For more information, visit getcybersafe.gc.ca. The Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation invites you to give a hug for healthcare, celebrate those we can now see, remember those we have lost, and honor the healthcare workers who bravely navigated incredibly challenging times. Create your own hug jar with your individual token amount, then add a token to your hug jar for each hug given and received. Every donation helps and is eligible for a charitable receipt. Hug for healthcare. For more information, contact the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation office at 250 Forecast from Environment Canada. Sunday today, wind from the southwest at 20 this afternoon. A high of 23 with a very high UV index. Clear tonight with a low of 8. For Wednesday, mainly sunny. A high of 25 with a very high UV index. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. And... I've been catching up the last little while with a lot of the sports who had to take some time off because of COVID. And last Thursday evening, had the chance to catch up with Amy Grindhouse, is her name. And she's part of Rated PG Roller Derby. And Amy, it must be great to be back on the track. Yeah, so we've actually had two practices now. We're practicing on Mondays at the Roller Dome again. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels great. We haven't skated in, I guess, over a year. Um, so we're just starting getting back into just doing some skills practices, still keeping it non-contact, mm-hmm. um, so still being COVID safe. Yeah. Now, you said you hadn't practiced in more than a year, but I'm thinking probably a lot of you were at least out on the streets even, just keeping the legs in shape. Yeah, for sure. Um, lots of people do outdoor skating or go to the skate park mm-hmm. um, with their roller skates. Um, and then, of course, everybody's trying to just keep keep fit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's, one more time, and again, this may be different right now, but what is the structure right now of Rated PG Roller Derby? Because it's not just one team. Yeah. Um, right now, we're just, everybody's practicing together. Mm-hmm. Our practices are, um, they're closed practices, so we don't have any new skaters coming in yet. Because normally, we actually don't even practice in the summer. But we were all really excited to have sort of restrictions lifted. So for the summer, we're just doing sort of the league skaters that we had, I guess, about a year ago. Um, and we're just doing skills, so skating skills and getting back on our feet and, and um, yeah, getting ready for our regular season, which starts in September. And I guess the other thing you're probably doing is reintroducing yourselves to each other. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. We've actually had some skaters who um, weren't so active last year who are coming out to practice. So, yeah, it's been really great. And so now, which team is this then? Because this is, as you say, the league team. So right. what is their name? Well, we're just rated PG Roller Derby right okay. now. So normally we have the North Stars, which is the competitive team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sort of more like the travel team. Both teams are still competitive. Um, And then we have the Rated PG Roller Girls, which is our league team. Right now, um, we're just seeing what it's going to look like. I think like a lot of sports teams, how many people are going to come back, 
we're starting our um, recruitment and like new skater program is happening in September. So we'll kind of see if we're still going to be two teams or we might just be one team for um, for next year. Okay, and I have to ask because I love the name of it. What is the name of the new skater recruitment program? <laughs> so we we call it Fresh Meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> We're kind of calling it now, it, it's sort of, we're calling it like a new skater program yeah. slash fresh meat. <laughs> um, yeah, sort of trying to get away from some of that, some of the um, <laughs> yeah the connotations yeah. from that. This so, didn't sound good. Yeah. So now, I'm guessing then at this point, obviously, are, is anybody even planning any events later this year? Like, have you been in touch with any of the other teams, even just in the area, to see if you can maybe get a couple of games in? We haven't yet. That's definitely on our radar. Mm-hmm. Normally, like I said, we don't start until September. So normally in September, that's when we're looking at contact, mm-hmm. contacting a bunch of teams. For next year, I think our big thing is going to be trying to play more games in BC. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, the North Stars have traveled um, in 2018. Um, they went to Hawaii for a tournament and lots of cross-border travel. I think in um, the end of 2021 and into 2022, we'll be looking at more local teams like Fort St. John and Terrace and yeah. yeah. So is there a good chance, obviously no no date or anything yet, but you guys would probably be looking at maybe hosting a tournament of your own, say early 2022? Oh, we would love that. Yeah. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. Like <laughs> I'm yeah. sure everybody, everybody else as well is just, just trying to wait and see what happens. Um, but yeah, we would love to do that. Now, about how many skaters have you been getting out there? Because you were saying you've gotten a, a kind of a couple of new skaters who had not been skating for a while. I'm guessing you probably lost a couple as well. So, about how many skaters have you had? Again, it's only been two practices. Yeah, you know, now the numbers are still pretty low. I think on our first one, we had maybe like 15, just above 15. Mm-hmm. Um, but the summer is really tough. This is why we normally don't practice in the summer. People are on holidays, especially with the nice weather. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that, you know, we'll have some skaters who show up one week and different skaters the next week and, and not worrying too much about the numbers right now, but just trying to get back into it. Yeah. But even 15, if you had that number in say a month, you could actually have a game, couldn't you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because you need, what, is it 10 skaters on the track? Um, So each team has five skaters Mm -hmm. on the track. So there's a total of 10 on the track at any given time. But, um, yeah, you want two lines of people (laughs) so that those same people don't get super tired. So, yeah, 15 would be enough for a game for sure. Yeah, again, though, it would be a game where you would probably be switching players back and forth even between the teams, really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. We'll make it work. (laughs) Yeah. So if people are interested, again, you said it's closed for now, but if people are interested in getting involved when you guys get rolling again, what's the best way to do that? Like, do you guys have a a website or a Facebook page, or how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so we have um, a website and a Facebook page. Generally, the Facebook page is the best um, and the easiest because most people are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's just rated PG Roller Derby. 
Um, so we are planning our new skater intake, fresh meat, learn to play roller derby. Um, that's going to be in September or early October. We don't have a date yet, but as soon as we do, it's going to be, um, right there on our Facebook page and we'll make sure to get the word out about it. Um, and that is no experience required. You don't even need to know how to roller skate. So we hook you up with equipment and teach you how to skate and all the rules of roller derby. And I guess the other thing to point out is um, it's co-ed now, isn't it? Yeah. So um, in our practices, I think we've had, of the 15, we've definitely had um, two of the 15 have been men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, everybody's welcome yeah. Um, uh, in our league, and everybody would be welcome at the Fresh Meat Program as well. The Fresh Meat Program. I always love that name for the <laughs> new roller derby participants. That gain Amy Grindhouse with Rated PG Roller Derby. Another quick break, and we'll be back to wrap things up after 9. The Knowledge Garden at the Prince George Public Library is now open for the season. The garden is located next to the Bob Harkins branch of the library downtown and features benches and a picnic site. It also has a small amphitheater where library staff conduct many outdoor programs, and it's a great place to enjoy your lunch in the beautiful surroundings. That's the Knowledge Garden at the Prince George Public Library, now open next to the Bob Harkins branch downtown. City crews have finished construction of a new crosswalk on Tyner Boulevard at the intersection with Baker and Gannett. Roads. The new crosswalk has a rectangular rapid flashing beacon design. This means, in addition to standard crosswalk paving markings and signage, pedestrians are able to activate flashing lights to alert motorists of their presence. Motorists are reminded to watch for pedestrians utilizing the new marked crossing. More information on the new Tyner Boulevard crosswalk is available through the Roads and Transportation link under City Services at PrinceGeorge.ca. If you still need to receive a COVID-19 vaccine but don't have access to a computer to register, you can do so by phone. A provincial call center is available for those needing assistance to book or those who don't have a personal health number. You will need to provide your name, date of birth, postal code, personal health number if you have one, and contact information for you or a support person. The provincial call center number is 1-833-838-2323. That's 1-833-838-2323. 2323. The City of Prince George and the Regional District of Fraser Fort George are working with FireSmart BC to educate homeowners and raise awareness of wildfire risks in the area. Complimentary FireSmart property reviews are being offered to homeowners in the Paderni, Malaspina, and Broadly Road neighborhoods to help prioritize and identify opportunities to FireSmart their homes. Interested residents in other neighborhoods can contact the regional district at 250-960-4400. For information on how to FireSmart your home, Visit firesmartbc.ca. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And back to wrap things up on the Tuesday edition. Alan Wishart and Steve Smith here. And, well, we know there's a couple of things coming up in Prince George. Obviously, Rooftop Rock. We were talking about that with Mike McGuire earlier. That's August the 7th. Yes. And the final Summerfest Saturday is uh, this Saturday. I think it's Saturday. Yeah, I think it's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Summerfest Saturday. And it is Bikes Downtown. And as I remember from when we spoke with Colleen Van Mook a couple of weeks ago about this, she was saying up by Psychologic, they are going to have like a fairly large bike stand out there yeah. where you can leave your bikes. Yes. You can lock them up. I don't know for sure if they'd had them at that point or not, but they were also 
hoping to have the RCMP group there to show you how to identify, how to mark your bike for identification, which is a great idea. So that will be happening this Saturday and, of course, 3rd Avenue between Quebec and Dominion, right in front of our studio here, will be blocked off. And farmer's markets at each end and a whole bunch of other stuff going on down the street with some performers probably, a lot of vendors, and just a, a good time. And the weather's supposed to be, again, it's, we're talking Saturday. Today's Tuesday, we're talking Saturday, so who knows. But right now, I believe it's supposed to be a mix of sun and cloud. And not overly warm, so that's good. That's good. Yes. So we got those. But all coming. the shops are involved too. Yes. All the shops are involved. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get down and check out the shops. Yeah. And lots of places to eat. Yes, and yeah, because just because this one isn't patio Saturday or patios downtown doesn't mean that you can't eat on the patios. That depends on the weather as much as anything, unfortunately. But well, apparently it's going to be nice. Okay. Uh, apparently, yes. Apparently, we'll, we'll, we'll go with. I know. Uh-oh. Uh Now we've been joined by destruction. Oh, what that's you, what you're talking about. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. Have you talked COVID numbers? No. Last week, I was lamenting the fact that we were just hanging around the 30 mark mm-hmm. for active cases across the north, and then the next time I looked at the update, boom, 10 active cases. Wow. So Good. now, yeah, it's and then it popped up to twelve, and so we're now hovering around the dozen mark across northern okay, BC, so. which isn't bad, and, no. and hopefully, uh, love to see that zero. Come yeah, out. that would wow. be nice. Now the one thing was I noticed the citizen they did not have all of the local numbers they had like the provincial story, right? And there was one death reported on Monday, and it was in Northern Health. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But Northern Health is going to be the first to, to come clean, I believe. Uh, Vancouver Island's been the one that yes. has been ahead yeah. of us most of the time. So the one, now they've got everybody going back and forth again. Well, that's and that's the big thing. Even if we get down to zero, then you have to be a little bit aware of, of how much... Uh, travelers are coming through the yes. area from other air, uh, parts of well, wherever, right? If just anywhere, if you, if you yeah. have international travel travelers coming in, well, that could bring that to those other strains, right? Yeah, they did mention in the story this morning the area that's been affected the most right now is Interior Health. Oh yeah, they've got about half of the active cases are just. In interior health, which is unusual because normally they had not been that yeah, bad. Yeah, they had been good for the but most they did, part. And they did mention, and I don't think they were really trying to maybe correlate the two, but they did just mention that's where a lot of the wildfire evacuations are as well. So, again, yeah. you've got people coming from different areas and ending up fairly close. Yeah. Well, this morning they were up to 58% of the cases. Ouch, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the last number I heard as well was over 80%. Um, first vaccinations, and I think we're getting really close to fifty percent, if not above. No, it. it's so over fifty percent. It is over now. Okay, yeah, it was I think it was fifty-eight percent was wow. the last number I saw. Well, this morning it was sixty point two. Yeah, wow, yeah. for full. So that yeah, okay. it was a while back that I saw the fifty-eight. Yeah. So, and it's just a matter of time. I mean, realistically, if you have eighty percent that have got their fr- at least their first vaccination, mm-hmm. at some point you'll have 80% that have their second vaccination because those are obviously people that are willing to get the shot. And shots as of this out. morning, Canada has secured 66 million doses. Oh, wow. 
Okay. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, well, but, that's uh, yeah. enough for everyone that yes. takes care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, um, at the Olympics, in case anybody has not being able to work out their sleep schedules in such a way to be able to actually fall alive. It's hard to turn off sometimes. You're I watching know, and you I realize know. It's, it's, it's a little late. Like you got to agree in the morning. Yeah. At yeah. uh, Canada, two gold, three silver, three bronze. So that's not Good too start, bad. Yeah. yeah. And again, some of the events that we normally do better in, if you will, like Canada is actually starting to do fairly well in the athletics, the track and field. Right. We've usually, we can usually win a few medals there. Um, swimming. Swimming. Usually not bad. Well, well yes. good in the pool, yeah. Yeah. Good in the pool. Yeah. The and women took the bronze in softball. Yes. Yeah, and that was a bit of a disappointment, I think. I, yeah. I, I, I believe they felt they could have got silver or mm-hmm. gold, yeah. but uh, just didn't pan out for them. But at least they weren't in the same situation as the Dutch rider in the women's road race. Right. Crossed the finish line, threw her hands in the air. Quite exciting. Came over, grabbed her coach, was hugging her coach, and her coach said, "Yeah, you I f- better tell you there was a rider two minutes ahead of you. <laughs> the one rider yeah. was in part of a breakaway group of three almost right from the word go. And this rider stayed out in front the whole way. With about 40 kilometers to go, she left the other two in her butt dust yeah, and just and, kept and, going. And the Dutch uh, Dutch rider had come from behind. Yeah, to catch everybody else. So she didn't realize there was someone that no. much farther. And ahead. it's not wow. like the Tour de France. They don't have radios on the road to tell them yeah. what's happening ahead of them. And the announcers said they like that, yeah. really. Because why should you? adjust your race based on what you know is ahead of you when it's something you can't see well if you can see the other rider then I, you're going wait a minute I better catch them I but think, if you can't yeah, see them I, I'm, I'm for communication yeah with I think yeah. if there's somebody ahead, ahead of me I want to know about it yeah. Yeah. you gotta yeah anyway but uh, no that'll about wrap it up for today's show I will be back on tomorrow to talk with the YMCA 